December 1999. Camelia Spencer, too, is abducted by her father Derek, paternal grandmother Helen and great-grandmother Gertrude during an access visit. They had conducted a smear campaign against Camelia's mother prior to her disappearance. No trace of Camelia or her abductors have ever been found, but their actions suggest they may have left the United States. Camelia is biracial and has brown hair and brown eyes. If alive today, she would be 23 years old. Derek Spencer would be 47. Helen Gruning would be 73 years old. Gertrude is likely dead. Sources for this episode include True Crime Daily, the FBI, MissingKids.org, the Office of the Attorney General California, ForTheLost.org, and the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 20 of Unknown Passage, a podcast that tells the stories of missing and murdered travellers abroad. So just a bit of housekeeping really quickly. It is episode 20 and I started this podcast, I officially started recording it about two and a half months ago. So in about nine or 10 weeks, I've done 20 episodes. I'm really proud of the research I've done and how much kind of um, I've really been drawn into the stories and um, kind of spoken about people that really no one, I haven't heard of any of these names before kind of doing this and I don't think any of the ones I've covered other than I think Claudia Kershock and maybe one other have been covered by anyone else or any podcasts. Um, With that being said, I'm going to be starting to interview families of the people I've covered. Um, A couple of them I have been in touch with and soon I will be interviewing, well, later this week and it'll be released later this month. Um, I've been in touch for a couple of months with Carla Valpeos from the first ever episode, her brother Carlos, and I will be interviewing him and his father, Carlos Senior. Um, They're currently both in America with the lockdown and they have news um, and they're Carla's case really hasn't been covered much since she initially went missing in 2018 and I'm super looking forward to speaking to them and giving them a voice. The next thing is um, I just want to say thank you so much. I got a email today that said you have a new patron and I was like, oh because I saw her like a few things on Instagram with the same name. Um, So I reached out and said, did you just become a patron? So thank you, Yolanda. Um, I have messaged you because each new patron can choose a location or a country um, for an upcoming case, and I will find a case in relation to that country. So thank you, Yolanda. Yolanda's in California, and Americans make up like 47% of my listeners, which is funny because I've kind of dragged you over the coals a little bit (laughs) in relation to gun violence and things. But it's funny because I can see analytics and what countries people are listening from and seeing new countries like Japan pop up and Costa Rica and places where I've covered cases. I just feel really good that people are listening in those countries. And I want to say thank you to my translator who will be um, translating some upcoming episodes and she's going to be doing the Jenny Chen episode. Um, Cara, um, she speaks Spanish. And if you know any friends who speak Spanish as her first language, she's covering the cases that are, they take place in countries that Spanish is the first language. So she's done 
the disappearance of Gertrude Hahn in Costa Rica and she's also done Carla Valpeos's case and yeah so um thank you Cara um so this case the way that I present this one will be a little different. I did not know about this case until about two weeks ago when I was catching up on True Crime Daily on YouTube, which used to be Crime Watch Daily. Um, I apologize if I still call it that, but they've renamed themselves. They, if you ever watch it, they kind of do little segments. It's kind of like a 2020 thing for true crime. And they covered a case and I'm really sensitive as I get older more to children's cases. And they covered a case of a little girl who was abducted by her father, grandmother and great grandmother. And I just, I couldn't believe that they still haven't found her, that there's no trace and there's very little coverage of it because it happened in 1999. But I firmly believe this little girl is still alive and we should be sharing her information more um, because the people that she's with, in my opinion, are incredibly dangerous people and in law enforcement's opinion. The format will be a little different. We don't have a country to profile in this episode. We don't know where Camellia ended up, um, but we think like it points to the fact that they left the country and left the United States. So we just have the facts, um, no speculation as to what happened to them. We know what happened to them. We just don't know where they are. Um, We need to find this little girl who's now 23 years old and she may not even be aware that she is who she is. So I'm going to get into Camellia's story and then I'm going to share all the information that people need to share about these three people who abducted her so that hopefully people can kind of maybe do a bit of sleuthing at home or maybe kind of crowdsource on my Instagram ideas of how we can um, kind of do, you know, search for possibilities of where they could be. And I've come up with quite a few. So let's get into it. So Camellia Spencer, she was born on January 7th, 1997, and her nickname was Sweet Pea, which her mother always called her. Now, Camellia's mother, her name's Sonia Kopalekia, and she was from the city of Palmdale in California. I'm going to be pretty harsh about um, Camellia's father and his mother and grandmother as well. I'm throwing her under the bus. Normally I try to stay more objective with these things, but I firmly believe that these are dangerous people and they could have done it to someone else. So Camille's mother, Sonia, was unfortunate enough to meet a man called Derek Spencer in 1995. She was only dating him for a few months when she fell pregnant, which would probably be, you know, the start of 23 years of absolute torment. So when Sonia eventually met Derek's mother, Helen, who he lived with at the time, he was 25 when he met Sonia, she thought something was up with Helen. And I think that anyone would think that something was up with Helen. Um, She told True Crime Daily, quote, Her first words were, I always wanted a little girl baby and now I look now and think, wow, isn't that telltale exactly what she wanted, said Sonia, unquote. 
So Camelia was Helen's first and only grandchild and Helen was obsessed with her, but not in the sense that most grandparents are. Um, she was kind of very quick to turn evil um, and very possessive of the child. Um, word of warning to to girls or guys out there, um, if you end up with someone whose mother, it's usually the mother is constantly over every single day calling, needs to speak to your partner multiple times a day um, and seriously hasn't cut the umbilical cord yet, run for your life. It's it's not normal, um, even in the closest of families. And people like Helen um, should kind of be a lesson for people. So Sonia told True Crime Daily, quote, he really wasn't enthused about her, his mother was, unquote. So Derek kind of had to become a father really quickly after getting Sonia pregnant and he wasn't really into it that much, but Helen was really into it. Um, so she had Camellia and Camellia had the surname Spencer, which is Derek's surname. And when Camellia was about six months old, Helen came home and looked in their bedroom because by that, sorry, Sonia came home and looked in her and Derek's bedroom. At that point, he had moved in with her, I guess, under duress, I think, but I don't think he could cope being away from mummy. But then um, she got home and he had taken all his stuff and bailed um, with no word of warning. And he went back to mummy, mummy dearest. So from then, Helen turned evil. And when I mean evil, I mean the ultimate um, monster-in-law. Worse than if you've got a mother-in-law that you hate and my mum had a mother-in-law that she was just terrible to her, this woman makes my paternal grandmother look like a saint. Um, Helen essentially started a smear campaign against Sonia, making up blatant lies which have been proven to be lies. So there was a detective, Lankford, who was uh, interviewed on True Crime Daily and he said, quote, she didn't want Sonia to have anything to do with her daughter, unquote. So this grandmother, Helen, would pretty much slam Sonia to everyone. She told people that Helen was, um, Sonia was mentally ill, that she was disturbed and that she wanted to kill her own daughter, Camelia. So Helen then took it one step further and she reported Sonia for made-up child abuse. I'm saying that because it is proven she has been um, acquitted of any charges and it's their actions have proven her to be a liar. She accused Sonia of child abuse and she filed complaints against her. She also told the police that Sonia had rung her up and told her that she was going to kill her, Derek Camellia, and her cat, um, which was all a complete lie. But this is how Helen was going to get custody of the grandchild she was so obsessed with in her weird, weird little incestuous relationship with her son where no one could have her little boy. As a result, Sonia was actually charged with multiple felony counts, literally based on zero evidence, um, which would, probably won't surprise you. I do just want to say, um, in light of things that are going on in the world at the moment, Sonia is Hispanic and Derek is white. 
Um, Helen is essentially the whitest person you'll ever see in your life. And I wonder if race played a part in this. I've been thinking that maybe it did, um, that maybe she's not, you know, a hands-on mother and that the white family deserves the child more. So she was charged with attempted murder of Camellia based on no attempted murder at all and no proof of that, just Helen's words, terroristic threats against Helen and Derek and child endangerment. Now, she was in the end, Sonia, a judge was like, there is no evidence to support this. And the charges were thrown out, but Sonia had already spent like a few months in jail. She actually was found guilty and then she was acquitted of the charges. So she was sentenced to a year in jail um, for the one charge that remained, which was terroristic threats. That actually stayed on her record when it didn't happen. And I'm not being subjective. I'm just saying like this stuff totally did not happen. This woman is a nutcase. Sonia had never had any interactions with police, no criminal record. And you can tell when she is interviewed on True Crime Daily, she is a strong woman and she's a good woman and she was a good mother. And you just know that. Derek, on the other hand, looks evil in the photos. He looks disinterested. Um, he's got a kind of thousand yard cold stare. So... As a result of all of this crap with them charging her and her being, you know, charged and then sentenced and then acquitted and all that, in the meantime, Derek and Mummy Helen got custody of Camellia, which is exactly what they wanted and the first step to getting her for good. Helen repeatedly brought Camellia to hospitals in the area, um, different hospital emergency rooms. She said to the doctors that she believed that Camellia had shaken baby syndrome as a result of her mother's supposed abuse um, and she needed medical attention. So she even went as far to get really chummy and friendly with a doctor who is probably one of the worst doctors and should be struck off as far as I'm concerned. And this doctor wrote false reports of child abuse based on things that Helen said um, about Sonia. So this doctor like sucks anyway, and they've been proven to be a liar. You may wonder why I'm really passionate about this. Um, without going into too much, um, this Helen, when me and a sibling of mine were very young, a woman very similar to this accused my mother of abusing me and my brother, which was so far from the truth, it wasn't funny. Um, so people who do that, yes, child abuse is serious um, and it should be taken seriously, but there are some people which is evident in cases of women who abduct women and cut their babies out and kill the woman um, because they want a baby so much. Some women are just mental um, and they should have really looked into her accusations more. They failed Sonia and I'm sorry if you disagree with that, but they should have looked into it more and listened to Sonia more and if that was the case, Camellia should have gone into Child Protective Services sooner um, until it was sorted out what was going on. But when Helen was bringing in um, 
Camellia into the hospitals and saying that she had all these things wrong with her because her mother was an abuser, which is funny because she wasn't even in the custody of her mother at that point in time. The staff, when it got to the point where she was doing it all the time, the staff started to twig, which should be their job and they should be aware of things like um, Manchester syndrome and things like that. Finally, they reported her to the California Department of Social Services um, and they reported her as possibly being Manchhausen system, Manchhausen syndrome by proxy, which is essentially poisoning or making a child sick um, in order for them to get medical care like Mummy Dead and Dearest with Gypsy Rose Blanchard um, with her mother. And it's just so that the parents, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but it's essentially so that they can just get constant attention um, and it's sick. Um, anybody who does that to their child deserves to rot in hell. Um, so... They, she was essentially, they believe she was fabricating or causing sickness in Camellia in order to kind of solidify her case against Sonia so she would get custody. But eventually Sonia was acquitted and she was released from prison. So when Camellia got old enough to talk, um, I believe the year she went missing when she was like about two, she told a um, Department of Child Services therapist that her grandmother, Helen, had, quote, instructed her to behave as if she was sick, unquote. And kids don't lie. Like, that's one thing you can get, um, <laughs> you can be sure of with kids. I got told I was ugly by my hairdresser's kid once. And I, I took that to heart more than any other <laughs> maybe insult I've ever had in my life from my brothers or anything, because um, it came from a child and I just, they're just brutally honest. So, the workers found through an investigation that Camellia had been given medication that was not for her. It was a drug called Dapacote um, that they tested her for and it was found in her bloodstream. And this is a medication to control epilepsy and bipolar. So you can imagine the effect it would have on a two-year-old when most adults who go on these medications, and I've had friends on similar ones, you are completely spaced. Um, it is like, you know, it's it's a massive kind of depressant. Um, so Sonia told True Crime Daily, quote, I remember going to visit her and she couldn't hold her little head up. I stood there and I couldn't even help her. My baby could have died from kidney failure and these people were willing to let her die rather than see me, unquote. So finally, because of all this stuff, Camelia, poor little girl who has been ripped from her mother, given to these people who are abusing her, she is then placed in foster care, which the foster care system is tough, but she was only two and I'm sure she was looked after well in that time. Um, but she really needed to be with her mother and I'm not afraid to say that. This happened in February 1999. So... She was two at this point. Um, they basically, the child, the Department of Child Services ruled that Derek and Helen had, quote, subjected her to invasive and unnecessary medical procedures, unquote. So after Camellia was then in foster care, Sonia is attempting to get custody of her daughter back and so is her father and Helen. I swear, don't you think that men like this, this, I don't, no, I'm going to say it. Um, 
it feels incestuous. You wonder if he was breastfeeding until he was like 16 years old. And I'm not even joking because there's so many serial killers that have these kind of, she reminds me of Ed Gein's mother. Um, if you know anything about Ed Gein, he was the way he was, I think, because of the way his mother treated treated women around him and the way he felt about women. Every woman was a whore. She was super religious. She, he had to live at home. So did his brother. They were isolated from the community. Uh, it's just, ugh. So by this point, Sonia's out. They're all trying to get custody. And um, it didn't stop there. Even though she's out and she's been acquitted and she doesn't even have custody of Camellia at this point, child um, foster care does. Derek and Helen are continuing to accuse Sonia of um, harming Camellia. And so as a result of this, when Sonia had access in a visitation centre with Camellia, a social worker and an armed guard had to be present. So imagine that you've done nothing wrong and this is how you have to see your little girl. So Sonia stated that during a visit with her daughter, uh, just a few days before Camellia's abduction, Camellia said, quote, mummy, they're going to steal me, unquote. So now we're coming to the events in question. So eventually the court saw reason um, and it was worked out that Sonia would regain full custody of her daughter um, and that the allegations were not true um, and that she was not a dangerous person and that Derek instead would be having supervised visits at a visitation centre, which um, is probably the best option. I would not want this man or his mother anywhere near my daughter, even alone for a few minutes. Um, So they were doing this, but Derek started... Um, like his mother, Helen, with the doctor, Derek started getting in the ear of employees at these visitation places, asking for visits outside the office, which you would think these people would be like, no, like get away from me. Like, do they not have training that they're not supposed to get chummy with these people? But somehow he worked it out with somebody that he would be able to have visits outside the office, but they would be supervised by someone from the Department of Child Services. That brings us to the day that Camellia was abducted. On the 20th of December, just a few days before Christmas in 1999, and I remember where I was because everyone was scared of Y2K um, and we all thought the world was going to end. And (laughs) yeah, that's just what I think of when I think of that time. Derek went and met up with Camellia at one of these these visits outside the visitation centre where there was not an armed guard, but there was a Department of Child Services caseworker that came along to supervise. They met up at the Funland Amusement Centre in Palmdale, California, and the visit was supposed to be for four hours. Now, this person is supposed to keep a complete watch on what's happening the entire time. That's their job. But Apparently, at around 12.15 that day, and according to True Crime Daily, this person dropped a pen, leant down to pick it up under a table, and when she or he looked up, I think it's a she, Derek and Camelia were gone. And when you look at the comments on True Crime Daily, most people have the same thought, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, she she actually, she reckons she stopped looking for, like, one minute or something. It's like, how long does it take to pick up a pen? And also, does that sound a little bit questionable that that happened when he's been getting in the ear of employees and he's suddenly been granted these outside visits? I don't like it. Um, and this person 
I just don't like them. Um, so the police believe that outside Helen was waiting in the car and then they took off and in just minutes when the police got there, Helen, Derek, Camelia were gone um, and it's been 20 years um, and they've never been seen again. Camelia was three foot tall at the time of her disappearance and she weighed 36 to 45 pounds. As I said, her father is white and her mother is Hispanic and she is the most beautiful little girl. I clicked on it because she was so gorgeous, the video, and I'm glad I watched it. She was just cute as a button. Like that's why that term exists. And I suggest looking up pictures of her. Um, and I'll put up all of these things, including age progressed photos of Derek Helen and Gertrude um, on the Instagram and on my website as well. So the search. When the police arrived, they realised what was going on. They immediately went to Derek and Helen's residence because Derek um, is like almost 28 years old and still living with mummy, just him and mummy. I don't know where his dad is. No one mentions it in anything. Um, I assume that Helen was long divorced from Derek's father or never married. I assume that grooming, and I'll get into that in a little bit, thoughts that I've had, I think Spencer must have been Derek's father's name because he's Derek Spencer, but her mother has an entirely different name who also went missing. And then Helen has grooming. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So when they got to Derek and Helen's house, it was completely empty. No furniture, no food in the cupboards, no clothing in the uh, wardrobes, nothing else, just some empty cardboard boxes. And when they went to, I believe her mother was in an aged care home. Um, she had been collected and was also gone from the aged care home taken by Helen. So she's taken them all and she's getting out, even her elderly mother, who was like, I think she was, I think she was 70. She was like late seventies at the time, I think. So in the months prior to Camellia's abduction, an investigation found that Derek and his mother had gone to insane lengths to organise and orchestrate this disappearance. They had obtained passports. There's very little said about what these were, whether they were in their names. Um, I really want to know that. That is the main part I want to know, um, whether they were fake. Um, but they had also stopped their mail at the post office. They had mortgaged their home. So they'd taken out a second mortgage on their home and taken that cash. They sold all their belongings and all of this money, essentially like fraud because you're like leaving debts that you have. They raised around $120,000 um, in total and that's what they had in cash when they bailed. It was like they never existed. This chick's like a evil, evil genius. Um, so investigators basically like concluded, which is obvious that they took her because it was, they realized that Sonia was going to get custody back full time. Helen and Derek would have limited visitation custody and they just couldn't have that because the mother and son are raising a child together clear, clearly. So what you need to know now, this is where I'm going to go into each person, um, descriptions about them, things that could point to where they are, what they're interested in. Certain things like interests I find don't change, even if they've got new identities and things like that. Um, but 
essentially, I don't think they're in the United States anymore and most investigators don't. Um, there's no passenger manifest or any proof that they left. I don't know how that's not possible, that they don't have... They may and they've just not released it, but they don't, they haven't released what names the passports were in. Helen could have got her passport in like another surname or something like that. Derek could have taken the same surname as her. I think they're posing somewhere out there as like husband and wife in some fucked up way. But essentially, if the family is still in the United States, investigators point to two particular areas of interest that they could be in. And one of them is South Florida. And that's because... According to True Crime Daily, Helen's brother lives in Miami, I believe. And they didn't say Miami in True Crime Daily, but that's what my investigations have found. Um, And I'll get into that in a bit. But he was in Miami. And by the time the cops in in Miami went over to talk to him after Camellia's abduction to ask where his, he knew if he knew where his sister was, he said he had no idea. And the cops thought that was suspect. I don't really, because if a cop turned up right now and asked me where my siblings were, um, or if they'd, I'd seen them in a long time, I would say no, like him, like, I have no idea, like if they went on the run from the law or something, um, I can't help you. They also point out Las Vegas, Nevada, but they don't say why Las Vegas. Um, but I, that's probably information that they have that's confidential. Derek and Helen, and I don't think Gertrude, although I think she could, they don't speak any other languages besides English, but they had talked about either going to Europe and they also had some connections in Canada, but the cops haven't elaborate on, elaborated on what that is. According to True Crime Daily, Gertrude, so Helen's mother who was elderly at the time, she was born in Europe, but they didn't say where. So, when I get into ideas that I've had and a bit of research I've done, um, I'll get into that. So when they ordered these passports, their passports were then sent to the post office for them to pick up and all three went and collected them, which you have to do. And that's why I want to know what names they were under because it's 1999. It's not 1929. They have passenger manifests like of, I just don't know how they didn't check all the planes that were leaving from, you know, LAX or any California or any interstate airport. Um, so when they collected their passports at the post office, I believe it was a couple of months prior to this, so it was all planned in advance. Apparently Gertrude, the mother, had said something to the worker in the post office to the tune of that they were going on a holiday to Europe. Um, and my immediate thought was she was probably telling the truth because elderly people, just like I said with kids that don't lie, elderly people like generally don't lie like they come out with, if they, especially if they're getting a bit like kind of funny, um, you know, just old age kind of... Um, not even a little bit of dementia, but a little bit forgetful and things like that. They're, they're not going to construct a big ruse. It'll be harder to keep her, I think, on the same wavelength in terms of lying. Um, I honestly believe that was a slip and that was true. However, some police believe that the passports that they ordered and all that were a ruse to make it look like they left the US when they actually didn't, which that could also be true because Helen is an evil genius Um she's not a genius in a good sense. She's genius, like in the worst sense. But Helen's brother in Florida told the cops that 
Quote, this is a shock to us that Helen did this, and if she did it, it was for the benefit of the little girl, unquote. So that is so telling to me that he could know something because he's finishing it up with if she did do it, it's like, OJ, oh, but if I did do it, I'd do it this way. It's like for the benefit of the little girl. So Helen, and I have so much life experience with this, it almost made me start crying um, just on a personal level researching it. I know exactly who I'm dealing with when it comes to this old bitch, and I'll say that. Um, she is a, she's going around telling everyone possible conducting like just making up stories about Sonia. Sonia has nobody backing her, I don't think, at this point. Like she's a young woman in her mid-20s and she has this whole evil family. And if it wasn't for Camelia, I bet she wishes that she had never crossed cross paths with Derek, um, you know, and just or never told him she was pregnant because they're just demented, this whole family. So... Although no one else claims to have heard from them, the doctor who faked their reports of abuse for Helen that said Sonia was abusive, they admitted to hearing from um, Helen and Derek about a year after their disappearance. I don't know if the doctor is male, female, whatever, but a year after the letter was sent, um, a year after the abduction, a letter was sent from Derek in Derek's handwriting basically saying thank you for all you did to like get help us get Camellia and goodbye like you'll never hear from us again essentially and everything quotes this letter all the articles about this all the documentation the true crime daily one but no one says where is this letter is there a postmark on it like there are so many little clues that just aren't filled in and maybe the police do have this information and they're just keeping it close to the vest but come on it's been 20 20 years like and 20 years and like six months at this point in time, like, let's not keep information like, like, who cares? Just let all the information out there. Because like, if this little girl is alive, she's 23 now. And hopefully she's allowed access to the internet wherever she is. And she can make the connection because I just don't think that at that age, with all the toxicity in the family and I'm sure being poisoned probably told her mother's dead um she may not even know she's American I just I just like fear for her so let's start with Helen Gruning we'll go through the stats so that if you're kind of a sleuther and you like doing web sleuth stuff um I really want to kind of crowdsource some ideas of what we can do for this case. This It's not out there enough. It's a little girl and she's in danger. And this is why people think, probably think I'm harsh because I'm not covering the uh, Madeleine McCann case or anything on this. Um, little girls like Camellia are why that case and particularly the parents frustrate me because they've always said they haven't got enough attention and Everyone in the world knows that little girl's name. And when have you ever heard of Camellia Spencer? Um, so that's why. Um, so Helen, she was born on April 24th, 1947. So at the time of the disappearance, she was about 52. Um, she would be 73 now. So I did the maths. I believe she would still be alive. Um, I just have a feeling. She is Caucasian. She's five foot five, 105 pounds. She's pretty thin. Um, she's got long red hair and green eyes and she's got crazy eyes. That's how I would describe it. Go and look at pictures. Um, just kind of familiarize yourself with these people. 
So according to the Charlie Project, grooning often wears wigs and may dye her hair a darker colour, which is quite difficult to do actually when you have red hair to dye it a different colour, a darker colour. It usually goes really, it doesn't take or it goes really weird. It's really kind of um, strong hair colour. So she probably would wear wigs. Um, She, although now she would probably have grey hair, so it wouldn't really matter, but she may use several different aliases or social security numbers. This is what the police have said, so they must have information about it. So one particular thing, grooning is a doll collector, which terrifies me because dolls are my biggest fear. Um, and uh, I just, I don't even want to get into it because my I start getting like cold chills all over my body. But um, when I read that, I was like, oh God, she... Um, when she was in America, she frequented antique doll conventions. So at this point in time, I started to think my mother was Helen Greening because my mother collects dolls and (laughs) she doesn't know what a podcast is, so it doesn't matter. Um, I tried to explain it to her and she says, so you just talk to no one. And I said, yes. Um, She, my (laughs) My mother has this doll just on a tangent. She was given it when she was one and my mum's 65 now and it is missing like one eye, half its face is crushed in. It's a baby doll. And my mum, she knew I hated dolls. So when I was growing up, she used to like cradle it and do a baby voice to scare me. I, I didn't grow up in the most normal household, but when I moved out and I used to go visit when I was in uni and things, um, I would ring her and say, have you put the dolls away? And she would have to put them, um, she would have to put them in like a big bag and then lock the bag. And she had to do that when I was a kid as well. When I got given dolls as a present, um, especially plastic dolls, oh, I just felt sick saying that. Um, she would either have to throw them out or lock them away and she, like, didn't want to be rude and tell people my daughter's not normal and she's terrified of them. Um, it's So I know exactly, like, kind of the dolls that Helen would collect. Um, if you collect dolls, that's totally fine. I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just thinking of, now I'm thinking of Seinfeld with George's mum, the doll that looks at like George's mum. So... She, when she was in America, she frequented antique doll conventions Um, and things like that I find when people have interests like that, even if you move or things change, those kind of things remain interests and I just wonder because at her age, I think she'd be into like eBay and things, I just wonder if anybody knows of any ideas about doll clubs, antique doll groups, anything like that in Europe um, that she may be, you know, part of, anyone who knows any that sell them on eBay, anything like that. Helen always suff- um, also suffers from migraine headaches and that's the only thing her and I have in common and she may need medication as a result of these. Um According to True Crime Daily, this Detective Lankford, who's worked on essentially the cold case for the last 20 years, he said, quote, you have to give them a thumbprint to get notarized for receiving the money. Every time Helen would do it, she would purposely smudge her thumbprint, unquote. And that was um, basically to take out the loans that she was taking out. 
Because Helen had never been arrested in her life, her fingerprints weren't on file and the ones that she have she has from getting notarized, they're smudged because she was like rolling her fingerprint and smudging it. You'd think that the person would just make her do it over and over again until she did it properly. So Gertrude Schoenberg. So Gertrude, she's Helen's mother. Her date of birth is October 22nd, 1917. She was 82 years old at the time of Camellia's abduction. She was actually born like a few months before my grandfather, who's been dead for a long time. So I assume that she is well dead because she would be 103 years old now. And in the photos I've seen, she she looked 82. She wasn't like a good 82. She's white. She's five foot six, 120 pounds. Um, at the time of her disappearance, she had grey hair and hazel eyes. She may use the last name's Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z, and or Gottlieb, G-O-T-T-L-E-I-B. And, but her official name was Schoenberg, S-C-H-O-E-N-B-E-R-G. Um, she's kind of along for the ride. I, I think that she was probably just fed stories and believed them from her daughter, um, she, the spawn of Satan, Helen. And I don't really think she, you know, would be kind of the mastermind behind it. I think she was just taken because Helen was close to her mother and didn't want to leave her behind. But I think she was fed a pack of lies um, about Sonia as well. I did a little bit of research, which I'll get into in a little bit, about the surname Schoenberg, um, which interested me. I just don't know what the link is with Derek Spencer and then you've got Gertrude Schoenberg and Helen Gruning. Um, I think Gruning is probably a married name for Helen and Maybe Schoenberg was her um, maiden name. Um, not sure. There's no talk of um, Gertrude's husband, anything like that. I'm assuming that he was dead by this point. So Derek. So a few things to note about Derek. Um, he is Caucasian. He's listed as five foot eight to six foot one, which is a pretty big discrepancy. Um, he's 160 to 180 pounds, or he was at the time. And at the time he had sandy brown hair and green eyes, but I'm assuming he's probably going gray now. I think he would be 47 now. Um, his date of birth is July 16th, 1972. He was 27 years old at the time of Camellia's abduction. He has his first name tattooed on his forearm. <laughs> probably so he doesn't forget it. He may use the last name Gruning, so Helen and him would use the same surname, and he may also use different social security numbers. He may wear blue or brown tinted contact lenses and may dye his hair a darker colour or cut it really short or wear it longer. Um, he, It says, according to the Charlie Project, he enjoys gambling, betting on football and baseball, and the game Blackjack. And Again, like with the doll collection, um, those things I don't find really change, um, especially not as you got older, you're kind of set in your ways. So between Derek and Helen, um, both of them have warrants out from the FBI for their arrest since standing since Camellia's abduction. Derek's warrants total $350,000 um, for his arrest. Helen has a $250,000 warrant um, out for her um, for the abduction of Camellia Spencer just quickly, I will link the True Crime Daily segment to Camellia's episode page on unknownpassagepodcast.com um, and I suggest watching it. So let's get into ideas that I have and 
it may sound kind of crazy. I kind of went down a little tangent after I saw her episode a couple of weeks ago. And then I got into it again today, really looking into different ideas that popped into my head. I'm really fascinated by names and I I love Europe. So this was kind of right up my alley and I don't think it will amount to anything, but you just don't know. And I know I have super smart European listeners who may have some ideas because I feel like more can be done for this because I just don't know how these three can be off the radar for so long. I believe Gertrude was probably dead a long time ago, but that means she must have died either under her name in another country or under a false name. And in that case, wouldn't she be listed as they couldn't find her next of kin? So what's creepy, um, what happened was I searched for um, Schoenberg and I was like, where does Schoenberg come from? And I put it in properly and Google came back and said, do you mean Spencer? Which is Derek's surname. How scary is that? So I wish that I knew what names the passports were in. As I said, I wish that they would release that information or whether or not the police like looked at different flights that left around that time. I think they got out pretty damn fast. Either that or they laid low for like a few weeks um, until things kind of simmered down. But I think they were out pretty quickly. So Schoenberg, um, Gertrude, the grandma, um, Helen's mother, she was born in Europe. That's all it says. I looked it up. Schoenberg is a German name, obviously, and um, her other surnames, um, Gottlieb and Glanz. I don't know about Gottlieb, but Glanz, I believe, is also German. Um, so I believe she came out quite young because I looked on Ancestry.com I don't have a full subscription anymore, so I could only kind of see things, but there is a Gertrude Schoenberg listed for Miami for a certain time. I couldn't view the whole record. I think it was in the 60s. I think at one point she lived there because that makes sense because that's where Helen's brother is now, if he's still alive. Um, So I think I got the right one, but I could not find her birth certificate or anything like that. I just think that where she's from is quite important in deciding where they initially went to to blend in with family or something like that. Um, whether – I have a few questions kind of about um, what – well, when I first watched the True Crime Daily, I thought there's no way that Helen and Derek would kill Camelia after everything they went through to steal her. Like, she's their prize. But – Then I thought they're already drugging her and giving her these crazy drugs and they're all clearly got mental problems. I can't be the judge of whether or not they wouldn't hurt her and particularly when a girl gets to the teens and maybe she's moody and bitchy and, you know, I don't think that Helen would have kind of the... um, the ability to kind of rein her in as much as when she was a child, obviously. I kind of had this sick feeling that wherever she ended up, Helen raised her as her own daughter and that would mean that Derek raised her as his daughter as well so she would think that her grandmother and her father are married. I just, there's something so sick about this whole relationship Um, and, yeah, yeah, there's close, you know, People are close to their mothers, yes. This is a whole other level. But 
I guarantee with the drugging that this behaviour continued because people who generally have Manchelsen syndrome by proxy like Helen clearly did, they thrive on the attention that the sickness of this child kind of brings them. That is until people start kind of the penny drops as to what the hell's going on. Um, And then they just go to different hospitals and they get them treatments that they don't need and things like that. And then ultimately, you know, it ends up like Gypsy Rose who ends up killing Dee Dee and I think she was totally justified in doing that after everything her mother put her through. She should be out. I wonder if her name was kept as Camellia and that's a thought I had. I think if Sonia named her Camellia and the way that it's spelled, it's K-A-M-E-L-I-A. Um, that sounds, Sonia's Hispanic and that is, I feel like that's kind of a Hispanic take on the name Camellia with a C. Um, and I, my idea is that Sonia named her, um, because Derek was pretty disinterested. And so if Sonia named her, I guarantee Helen changed her name, but if Derek named her, they probably kept it and she has a different surname. I stalked so many Camellias on Facebook. It's not even funny, but I doubt that this girl would be allowed to have a normal life. Is she still out there? I also stalked heaps of people with the surname Schoenberg, um, it's crazy. So as I said, it's all well and good to have a cute kind of almost three-year-old tagging along to abduct that you love so much. But as as they get older and moodier and, you know, you've got teenage problems, Helen probably wouldn't be able to cope the way that she is. Um, I think she probably would have kept her virtually captive and she would not have allowed her to ask any questions. I really doubt that if she's out there, she's at university or anything like that. And I just she must have, they must have had fake identities because they're clearly not living under their own names and you have to present this information. I wonder if she has a copy of her birth certificate. I mean, Derek probably would have had a copy like Sonia that he took with him. I mean, she probably would never be allowed to see that birth certificate, um, Camellia, because your mother is listed on it and what they do. She's probably been told her mother is dead, but if she has any sense when she's 23, she's going to be looking into who her mother was, even if she thinks she's dead. I think she was probably brainwashed and either told Sonia was dead or that Sonia was a drug addict or Sonia was abusive, all the things Sonia did to her. Um, and then, you know, basically threatened not to. And she's between a rock and a hard place. She's the family that she's always known and trying to find one. But if she's out there, God, I hope she finds a way to reach out to somebody and yeah if you know anybody who is I don't know sketchy about who their parents are in Europe or their mother check out Helen and Derek's pictures um definitely do that if they went to Germany, I think at some point they probably went by Gertrude's surname, which is Schoenberg, um, and what I assume is Helen's maiden name. But Derek and Helen don't speak any other languages other than English. So regardless of where they ended up in Europe, they would still be have American accents in Europe. Um, then again, if Camellia grew up in Germany or something like that, she could, you know, also speak German, but she'd generally speak with the same accent as the people who are raising her. I do think they left the States. I don't think they would risk sticking around um, because by leaving, if they are found, they can go to a country where extradition is really hard to do um, back to the United States. I think a lot of people who flee the United States go to Ireland um, because it's harder to extradite you from Ireland to the United States than any other place. 
I think it should be more straightforward to extradite someone if they're not a citizen of that place. Um, but that's just my opinion. If they, in fact, never left the US, I do wonder how they managed all this time. I wonder if Sonia's brother knows anything. I have a feeling he does because his defensive reaction that, oh, well, I don't know anything, but if if they took her, it's for the child's welfare. All of these people have been poisoned against Sonia and, oh, I would be like Liam Neeson in Taken. I'd be kicking in people's doors like in all across any city that anyone, you know, brought up. But I firmly believe that they went to wherever Gertrude was initially from and that's why if any of you have a really great in genealogy or anything like that, let's work together like to find out where Gertrude was from. If you have access to Ancestry.com or anything like that, that pretty much allows you to download people's birth certificates. Um, I can't find hers. It's really just giving me um, kind of a couple of census records who I think is her when she was listed as being in Miami um, between the 60s and the 90s, I think. Um, She probably then moved out to California to be closer to her daughter, Helen. Um, But if you live in Florida, please share this information. If you live in Las Vegas, please share this information. If you live anywhere in um, Europe at all, please share this information. Then again, they could have gone to, they could have told Gertrude they were going to Europe or she could have been lying. They could have gone to Thailand. They could have gone and lived in India. But I, my gut feeling is that they went somewhere where there is a familiarity and that's where Gertrude is from. And I think with her surname, as much as you can have the surname Schoenberg in other parts of the world, I think that they went to Germany initially. I can't find Sonia Kobolekia, um, Camellia's mum, online. I don't know if she remarried or had further children. I hope that she was able to have some semblance of a life and joy um, after this because dealing the, the last, you know, 21 years, 20 years without her little sweet pea is just tragic. I felt her pain through the screen. She doesn't know if this little girl is alive or dead. She's now a young woman. If she's alive, she's 23. And hopefully she will start to question things maybe when she is gearing up to have her own family or she meets someone or she has friends who kind of make her question them or break her out of this kind of poisoned way of thinking. My gut feeling is that she's not being raised well um, and that she's probably a nervous wreck of a human being with these people. Um but Helen would be 73, Derek would be 47, and I really doubt Gertrude's alive. She'd be like 103. Um, so if you know anything about the disappearance of Camellia Spencer, please contact the LAPD on 323-890-5500 and cite case number 99508672. I'd like to ask my followers to do a few things. This will be one of the ones that I am going to crowdsource for if you want to get involved. If you have Ancestry.com or any other um, login, you know, website access like that or you're into genealogy and you enjoy doing this stuff, please try to search for Helen or Gertrude's records. Please contact me on email if you have any questions on how to do that. It's unknownpassagepodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at unknownpassagepod. Just DM me and I'll send you the information. It's Helen Gruning, G-R-U-N-I-N. 
sorry, I was just thinking of how to spell Helen, not Gruning. Helen, H-E-L-E-N, Gruning, G-R-U-N-I-N-G. Um, Gertrude Schoenberg, G-E-R-T-R-U-D-E. Now I've got to find Schoenberg, S-C-H-O-E-N-B-E-R-G. Um, and Derek, I believe, would probably be going by the same surname as Helen. So just kind of have a look around, um, look at Helen Schoenberg, look at Helen um, Glanz, which is one of the ones that Gertrude went by. Look at Gertrude Schoenberg, look at Gertrude Gottlieb, look at um, basically if you want to get all the names, look at the Charlie Project website because it lists like all the possible aliases. I believe that they probably went by Schoenberg for a while. So share Camellia's picture if you are in the United States, Europe, anywhere, even if they don't find her, her picture deserves to be seen. And you never know, you hear crazy stories where someone sees a picture like that girl who was abducted in America when she was like a baby by that woman who pretended to be a nurse. And then when she was an adult, she was looking for a birth certificate and her mother was really evasive. So she like did research into it and she found out that she was this adopted kid from another state, this abducted kid from another state. It's actually a sad story because she was re- reunited with her actual family and she sided with the one who abducted her because she'd only ever known her. That woman's now in prison. So this girl like hates her biological family. He looked for her for all this time. But I feel like this would be a happy ending if they found her. Um, so, Look closely at the photos of Derek, Helen and Gertrude. If you've ever worked in aged care, I'm sure Gertrude at some point had to end up somewhere. If you've like into the Doe Network, if she died without a name or they couldn't identify her, she could be a Jane Doe. Um, There's just a million different ways we could do this and I'm really passionate about this. I sound really bitchy in this episode. It's because I am. I know women like this... um, this has happened in my family. I It enrages me. It destroys lives. It destroys relationships. Um, and some women, um, I hate to say it, not all women are telling the truth about things. A lot of women are pathological liars. A lot of men are pathological liars. But Derek and Helen together are like the gruesome twosome. And I just feel for this sweet little girl that she had to be raised by them. And I hope that she's reunited with her mother and they can make up for lost time. So follow on Instagram at Unknown Passage Pod. I'm going to be putting all of these in the upcoming weeks up, age progression photos of all of them. Um, just kind of share it, put two stories, share it on Facebook, just look at it, see if they're familiar. I just know someone has crossed paths with them regularly, like a doctor, um, someone who worked in a hospital, someone if she was she if she went to school a teacher you know all these things there's a lot of ways and we're very connected these days with the internet email case suggestions um although it might take a while to get to it because i've got a lot um at unknown passage podcast at gmail.com um so yeah instagram or email that one please visit the unknown passage podcast.com website i have all the episode pages there with kind of information on the people and video guides to the different places and um, with ones like where I have actual 
news stories like the True Crime Daily story of Camellia. I'll, I'll put the video on of her so you can just watch it. It's kind of a one-stop shop for all the information related to the people that I cover. I also put up some travel information. There's links to my Patreon if you want to become a patron. I have a $2 a month tier and a $5 a month tier um, and that will ultimately go towards getting better recording equipment at some point. At the moment, I've got three patrons. It's so lovely. It just makes me feel um, so warm and fuzzy. Yolanda, when she became a patron, she said, I really hope your podcast takes off. And so do I, but not um, for, not for my own kind of profile reasons um, because I don't even like share pictures of myself um, for these people because they're just names that are rarely uttered. And I, I've always thought that kind of speaking the name of someone is bringing them into existence again in some capacity. So please do all you can um, on the internet to search for Camellia Spencer. Um, And until then, the next episode, I haven't decided it will be a solved episode. I've researched a couple. I try to kind of jump from um, continent to continent. Like if I do one in Asia, do one in Africa and not to have too many in a row that are in the same area. And I'm also trying not to double up for quite a long time on countries. So for instance, I did India on episode five and then I'll kind of, I'll be coming up to India soon again, um, probably episode 25 or something. So yeah, um, until next time, have a great week. It's only Monday. So yeah, talk to you then. Bye.